don't get ahead of yourself and understand that you are in the midst of the best day of your life. Flow and energy in those moments. I want to bottle that up and I want to live that moment every day. Welcome back to another episode of the YTP. Today, I've got the beach with me, and we dive into the Ironman Lake Placid course, giving our takes on strategy, first-timer tips, and racing the yogi triathlete way. We hope you guys find this to be helpful. Please share it with your friends and teammates who are racing or planning on signing up for next year. It will certainly give you some insight into this real deal race course and the awesome experience of becoming an Ironman. For all of you coming up here next week for the race, you must put a few things in your calendar. Thursday, July 21st, BJ will be giving a free talk on peak performance, thriving on a plant-based diet. So come and find out the burning question, where does this lightning fast and durable athlete get his protein? And we'll be posting location and time for that talk soon, you guys, but get it on your calendar. And coming off this enlightening talk, you're going to need some time to let it all marinate. So do that with me on the mat Friday and Saturday morning. That's right. I'm going to be teaching two free yoga classes on the beach at Mirror Lake, 7 a.m. Bring your mat or beach towel, water, and breath. The flow will take care of the rest. And one more thing before we jump in. I have a fabulous Zeal Optics giveaway to announce for this month, July. And there's only a few weeks left. Everyone wins with this giveaway, and here's the deal, so listen up. All you have to do is leave us, the Yogi Triathlete Podcast, a review on iTunes, and then send us an email at yogitriathlete at gmail.com or through any of our social outlets, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, with a copy of your review, and you'll receive a 25% off coupon for any pair of Zeal Optics sunglasses. Zeal Optics builds the highest quality eyewear for people who live for outdoor adventure, and they are guided by a simple set of beliefs. Use less, give back, and explore more. Hands down, they have the coolest designs and color schemes I have ever seen. And as you know, we live a minimalist life, but I have to admit, I have three pairs of Zeal sunglasses, and I think I'm going in for at least one more pair for my collection. Can you say sunglass hoarder? That is me. Now back to business because there's more. By leaving a review, you will also enter yourself to win a free pair of Zeal Optics Coda Shades. These plant-based frames are designed to make you perform like never before. These are the model that I race in and I absolutely love them. I'm going to put a link up in the show notes so you can check out more info. But first, go to iTunes and leave that review. All right, now on to the show. The trailers are here, so... Like uh, Iron Man just literally parked their trailers at the Oval today, so things are getting real in town, and you can just feel that feel that energy. It's super exciting, and I'm not racing this year, and I can even feel it like in my stomach. I can feel the butterflies um, of that race morning. I mean, it's it's just it's so visceral for me, um, having raced uh, you know four Ironmans in in my triathlon history. 
it's um it's such a visual visceral reaction and something that you just you never ever ever forget and um, so we put this out on Twitter today that we are going to be recording this and we had somebody ask us about some first-timer tips and um, the first thing I'm going to say is that you are about to have the best day of your life. Do you agree? I, I completely agree. There's no experience like an Ironman that I've encountered with so much energy, so much personal fulfillment and Think about all that hard work that you put in and to come across that finish line on the final day. I mean, on the final hour, it's, it's, it's just amazing. Yeah, it's so amazing. So let's break it down for everyone. Let's talk about race morning. What kind of tips and strategies do you have for people on race morning? So first off, remember your water bottles when you come down to transition. That is for me, folks. <laughs> if you don't know, sometimes I take race morning a little too relaxed. Um, but seriously. Yeah, I've been known to forget things. Um, I've been known not to look at the athlete guide and not even know when the race starts. So don't do any of those things. BJ, what should they do on so race morning? What you need to do on race morning is find out what time the race actually starts. Number one. So Ironman is starting at 6.40 this year for age groupers at Ironman Lake Placid. There is actually a pro field, uh, women's pro field this year. And then last year there was no, no pros. It was just all age groups. So this year there's only female pros, no male pros. Age groupers start at 6:40, So you want to wake up at least three hours prior to the race start to get in your pre-morning breakfast and whatever you eat, don't try something new, get it down. And you also want to hydrate your way, uh, leading up to the race. So definitely carry a water bottle with you at all times. Just want to remain hydrated and type top things off. And is that just race morning or even the days before? Even the days before, you want to get in your electrolytes and, and top everything off for sure. Yeah, so not just water. Drink your Gatorade no, or, sports your, performance drink. or your scratch or whatever it is that you're taking in. And then double check all your bags. You'll want to bring down your special needs bags for the bike and the run. Make sure you have what you need in there. Your morning clothes bag and anything that you want to put on your bike. So water bottles, uh, your gels in your bento box, bring those down. So that's, that's pretty much race morning. Uh, meditation practice would be nice. 10 or 15 minutes of sitting in silence and just reviewing what you're going to be doing during the day and to calm yourself down and just think that this is going to be an amazing day and it's going to be everything that you thought it would be. Yeah, I mean, even if it's five minutes, you guys, just sitting down and listening to your breath. So one tip that I want to throw in is your exhales are um, governed by your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your healing and calming nervous system. So when you wake up, there is a lot. Of, it is palpable on race morning. So my suggestion is to sit even for five minutes, okay? So if you don't have a meditation practice, this is the one and only thing that is okay to try new on race morning. And my suggestion would be to breathe in for a count of two and breathe out for a count of four. And you can even count that in your head um, and do that for five minutes. At the, I mean, of course, 10, 15, 45 minutes, the longer you wanna do it, the better. But this will, this will put your healing and calming nervous system into dominance and you'll have no choice but to just feel more calm because nervousness is going to cause a nervous belly and it could cause your mind to go crazy and you really want to be as grounded as possible. You also want to check out weather report. 
and just to see what's going to happen during the day because you may want to throw something else into your bags. So the weather here is very unpredictable. We've lived here for four weeks now, been here countless times to train and to race, and we've been in all types of conditions. So it can be 90 and blazing, the blazing sun with no clouds whatsoever. It can be pouring down, as in your last Ironman, rainy, cold, wet, and then turn to sun later on in the day. So prepare for the worst and you'll be fine. Yeah, and one of my favorite uh, pre-race books is the Bhagavad Gita, which is an ancient uh, Indian spiritual text. And it's basically the story of the every man's battle with the mind. And one phrase that I always pull out from that when, I, when it comes to race day is this one phrase when Krishna is talking to Arjuna. Um, you don't really have to know the context of the story. And he just says, so he is the everything. He is the totality, the all that is, okay? This is the universe. And Krishna says, I hold back the rain and I release it. So understand that number one, the weather is completely out of your control. And number two, anything can happen. So if it's raining, you are not necessarily condemned to a rainy day. And anybody who raced alongside me in 2014 knows that experience because we started with thunder and lightning and downpours and very, very cold temperatures, and it ended up being sunny and hot. So don't fret the weather, you guys, but be prepared. One thing that I learned that day as I sat shaking at an aid station for a half an hour was that non-latex surgical gloves are awesome for keeping heat in. And now it's something that we keep in our transition bags. So it, if it is going to be cold, like having a pair of those to slide on, especially if it's rainy, might not be a bad idea. They're not breathable, which I liked because it made my fingers sweat. And I was so, so cold that day. So anyway, don't fret the weather. You're not that powerful, but be prepared. So when you're packing to come up here, bring your gear, bring your cold weather gear and bring your warm weather gear because you never know what's going to happen. And you can't control that. All you can control is your relationship to it. I think it's worthwhile to take them through just a quick little, quick little route of what happens on that morning. So you walk down to the oval, you're going to drop off anything that you need to put on your bike. You're going to um, check your bags if you need to put anything else into your transition bags, bike and run. And then you're going to walk out of transition, most likely with your wetsuit about halfway on. Uh, you can put it on by the lake, but it's better to put it on, I think, in the transition area. Put up your, your morning clothes bag. You'll hang that up with anything that you had on there. And you're going to walk out of there with your special needs run and your special needs bike bags. And you're going to go drop those off at their locations. Then you walk to the swim start, and now we're at the swim. And all of that should take no more than 15 to 20 minutes. Yep. So if race starts at 640, if you're in transition by 545, you'll be fine. Yep, and just take it slow. Feel your feet and your shoes. Like feel, make this whole morning a meditation, you guys. And start to get a grip on um, you being in control of you that day. All right, so let's move on to the swim, beach. How should people be seating themselves? So Ironman Lake Placid went to the rolling start, which it didn't always have. Uh, I never had the advantage of doing the mass start here, but I did uh, the rolling start, and, and I loved it. So what's going to happen is you're going to get down to the beach. You're going to be funneled into this area, 
and you can actually do a little warm up in the lake if you want. Uh, it's kind of congested, so I normally don't do a warm up, but you're going to seed yourself based on swim time. So they'll have large ropes and signs that say 50 minutes to an hour, hour to an hour 10, an hour 10 to an hour 20. And you want to seed yourself appropriately because there are fast people in these groups. You do not want to put yourself into a faster group if you don't swim that speed. Right. So you're never really going to have a lot of space because it's a two loop course. And the slower you are as a swimmer, you're going to get those pro women coming around and then those top age groupers. So somebody looking for the most water and, um, you know, clear open space, where would they go? They want to go left, far left. So you're going to enter the water. The buoys will be on your right. And there's actually a cable for those first timers. There's a cable that runs under each buoy all the way out over and all the way back. So if you tow the line, you'll see this, you'll see right under the buoys, a line that you can follow. What I recommend for these people is to go far left where there's more open water. The sun rises on the right. So obviously it rises in the east. So it's going to be to your right when you're going out. So be conscious of that when you're swimming and breathing. So if you breathe to the right normally and you can breathe to the left, switch over to the left so the sun isn't in your eyes. So you want to stay, you want to stay out on the left, far left. If you want more water. If you want more water and you're going to be sighting, and I highly recommend people sight. Take four or five strokes, look up. Four or five strokes, look up. The buoys will be really, really big. And I believe they're all yellow all the way down until the turn. And the turn will be big orange buoys. And those are huge. So... Um, one thing that I want to mention is when you're standing there before the gun goes off, I've got some favorite pre-race breathing exercises. I'm going to put a link to this blog post in the show notes. Everyone needs to check this out. Breathing is a muscular activity. So if those muscles are tight or restricted, which can happen with shallow breathing, if you're nervous or anxious in the morning, you guys, this is going to open you up. You want your lungs open. Your lungs are just muscle. They're just a different kind of muscle. And practice it beforehand. This is something that you can practice every day. So we're going to put a link up in there. It's called pre-race pranayama. Um, Pranayama is uh, life force management. And you guys, this is the name of game on Ironman Day is managing yourself. So you start with the pre-race pranayama, you get yourself seated and you get yourself into your groove and then you're going to eventually hit those turn buoys. BJ, do you have any strategy for turn buoys? Because that can be a wild party. I love it. Um, But what's the strategy? Survival. No, don't say that. (laughs) So you got to be, you got to be awake and ready. You got to be awake and ready. And most first timers or those who are, are, you know, not as strong swimmers, will tend to breaststroke. Yeah, watch those feet. Around the buoy, mm-hmm. and that can really mess up your rhythm. You can get kicked, you're gonna slow down, you're gonna be on top of people, people are gonna be fighting back. So I recommend you swim through the turn buoy. Just swim through it, don't get up to breathe. If you're on the outside, stay on the outside. You can, you can get around that buoy, and then on that little straightaway, take your time to breathe out over there. It's gonna be so congested on the, on the, the turnaround of the buoys, it's a convergence of hundreds of swimmers in one spot. So my recommendation is stay wide and continue to swim, don't breaststroke. Oh my God, it's super fun. It really, really is. So if you go into it with that attitude, I mean, it's really, really fun because all of a sudden it's almost like you're halted. There's not a lot of movement because it's so congested, but I have never 
done an Ironman and turned those buoys without a kayaker right there. Because I know, like, I'm always looking at the kayaker like, woohoo, this is a party. Um, and it really is. It's super fun. It's all part of the experience. None of it is scary unless you decide it's scary, right? So again, this is that life force management, you guys. You are in charge of your relationship to every experience. So you're going to hit two of those major turn buoys, and then you're going to head back in from that first lap. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to start to hit your pace. So if you're a first timer and you, you just want to take out that start a little bit slower, do that on the way out. Then you hit that turn buoy, you start to pick it up a little bit. And on the way back, you want to settle into a nice, strong, steady pace that you can continue in your mind. Think about it, that you can hold for the remainder of the race. So you're coming back into shore. You're going to go around the docks this time, back into shore. You can jump out of the water and you're going to do a small run. It's about, uh, I don't know, 20, 30 feet. And you're going to go back under the arches and back into the water. This is going to be your second loop. Now, things are going to be really crowded again because everybody is in and there's probably people at every point of the swim right now. So if you stuck to the outside, I highly recommend you stick to the outside again. And remember, the sun will still be to your right on the way out and will be to your left on the way in. Through the swim of an Ironman, you, your kick is going to be really light. You don't want to be using your legs a lot. It's more front quadrant swimming. So when you're coming into the shore with about, you know, four or 500 feet left, you want to start kicking a little bit and maybe before the dock. And Mike Riley is going to be there, the iron voice. He's going to be screaming. You cannot miss it. And that experience is, is just, you want, to you want to capture that. This is the shortest part of your day. Okay, you're in the water for less than two and a half hours. Everything else is going to be long. So savor this moment. It's going to be your coolest part of the day as well. You've kicked a little bit more, so now you get some blood in your legs. You exit the water. The first thing you want to do is zip down the back of your wetsuit. Do not take off your, uh, your goggles and your swim cap because you want your hands free. So you're going to unzip your wetsuit, strip it down about halfway. They're going to strip off your wetsuit, get down. They're going to strip it off. They're going to give it to you. You put it in your arm. Then you can take off your cap and your goggles if you wish, because now you have an extra arm. And you start running up the carpet to the road there by the tennis courts. And it's quite a, it's quite a little run. It's almost a quarter mile, I want to say, into transition. If it's really wet out or it has rained, it can be really slippery. I just remember last year I got on that run and, and some woman just really went down and yeah, it, it, it was a little shocking. Yeah, that's not how you want to start your day. Um, and so my suggestion is feel your feet. Feel every step, you guys. It's going to be wet anyway because you've got, you know, over 2,000 people who are soaking wet that are running up this carpet. But what I love to do, and this all helps with soaking up the moment, is look. It, this is going to be lined with people. Like, you're not even going to be able to see the, the depth of the reality of how many people are there because they're just going to be screaming for you. So interact with them because they have so much energy that they're offering you. Pull that in, you guys. You're going to need it. And look at people in the eyes. Like, this is the connection. They're all there for you. Everyone wants you to succeed. Yeah, feel the crowd. Slap a high five. You Slap know, take a high five. The time to do that. This is such a great experience. Yeah, you want to capture. Enjoy, 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 enjoy. So now they're in transition. What are they doing? So in the transition, if you didn't know where your bag was, they'll they'll help you get it. You're gonna grab your bag and get into the change tent. Do what you need to in the change tent. Change clothing. Get on sunscreen. That's key. And sunscreen in the areas that you think 
you may get sunburn. So your shoulders, the underarms, the lower back when your jersey starts riding up, get the sunscreen. It's so key. And it's so key um, for like the the wings in the back, you guys, to make sure that they're getting that sunscreen underneath your tri suit because when you're in the arrow position, your shoulders are going to be pulled out. So there's going to be skin there that's exposed um, and make sure that the sunscreen is under there and definitely the low back. So this is coming from two people that have been scarred um, with the Ironman wings and the low back strip. And anybody who's done Ironman before that's listening to this is laughing because they probably have experienced it too. So get that freaking sunscreen on. Um, now they're on the bike. What's going on? Well, they're going to exit the tent. Oh yeah. They need to get their bike. They need to get their bike. And, and you know where your bike is cause you, you racked it, but there are volunteers there who already have your number. Be on the lookout for that. Be awake and ready. Be awake you're going to hear Constant your number theme. being called. Now they get their bike, they're heading out and they need to mount their bike. They need to mount their bike and it's a tight space. So you're going to mount your bike and you're going to go down these three hills. You're going to cross over two streets and it's super downhill. I don't know yeah. if I can stress that enough. So you really want to be hopefully clipped in by then. And if not, you really want to take it light and ride the brakes down this area. Yeah. And when you're getting on your bike, you guys, you're going to see there's a lot of chaos. People are they're, they They're acting like they're racing a sprint triathlon. There is no rush. Get on your bike safely. Like you don't want to end your day by, you know, mounting your bike the wrong way and crashing into the barrier fencing. You got two hairpin turns to navigate. Take it slow. Feel the breath that you're taking, you guys. Keep bringing yourself back to the present moment. All right, so they're down the hill. So down the hill, they're going to take a left, and then they're going to pop out at Lisa G's. And they're going to be on 73, which is that main road. This is your opportunity to fuel up. You've just swam between an hour and two and a half hours. You need some food. You need some nutrition. So this is where you take it in because once you hit that first climb, after River Road, you've got eight or nine miles, I think. Yeah, by the time you get to Keene, it's, it's like 20 miles, and there's so many people that don't take that nutrition in, um, and now all of a sudden you're 20 miles into a race, you haven't eaten anything. This is how you blow your race, you guys. Get something in as soon as you get on that bike and you get yourself stable. And so back to the first lap, this you've got to do two laps of this course. One lap is tough. Two laps is tougher. So you want to take that first lap super chill. And I, I don't think I can say this enough. And I hope that everyone is listening. Go easy on that first lap. Let people pass you. And if this is something that you're like, oh, my competitive nature. Okay, guess what? Everybody's freaking competitive. That's why you're doing an Ironman. Go back and listen to our first Ask the YTs where we talk about ego in racing. Let people pass you race your race and if you go too hard on this first lap you're jeopardizing your bike split and you're jeopardizing your run and therefore jeopardizing jeopardizing your whole race yeah so it's i can't stress this enough go easy on the first lap this bike course is the real deal it is such a beast it's a beast in the most beautiful uh, inspiring way. I mean, to be able to navigate 112 miles in the Adirondack Mountains during an Ironman, this is such a special opportunity that you're getting. Don't blow it. Yeah, don't blow it on the first lap. So you want to take it easy and basically just keep fueling, get on your fuel plan every 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is. 
nutrition, food, um, solids or, or liquid, and you want to take it out that first loop. Check back in after the first loop. The special needs on the uh, for the bike leg is by the tennis courts on that little hill. I don't know what the name of that road is. We believe, unless they've changed unless it. Unless they've but changed it's it. It's been there the last couple of um, of years, and I believe that's Parkside Drive. So you're gonna take a right. Uh, after the tennis courts and you go up this slight little hill, stop your bike. They'll ask for your number and if you want your special needs bags, and most people do. So stop, get what you need out of the bag, put what you don't want to carry with you anymore in the bag, and then you're off for that second loop. And what you're going to do is you're going to go through uh, town a little bit. You're going to hang a left at the Olympic Center, and you're going to go behind the school back to where you exited T1 originally, and you go for your second loop. And this is where you can actually start to pick it up just a little bit. Although I would highly recommend that you wait until the Wilmington to Lake Placid section to actually put anything, any big effort in because you, you really have a long ways to go even though you're starting that second loop. Yeah, so just in general on this is a super hilly course, BJ, what kind of advice do you have for navigating these hills? For climbing any hill, really, you want to be spinning. You want to be seated and you want to be spinning in the, with a high cadence and a light gear. You want to save your quads. So get a, a high number cassette in the, the rear cassette. So I think I have a 12, 28. And this is going to help you get up the hills with a, a lighter cadence. A faster cadence, I should say, in a lighter gear. So you're you're spinning up. You're still getting up there. And people may pass you because they're going to be standing and pushing. This is not the time to push. The time to push, just slightly, is from Keen to J and J to Ausable Forks. Those are the stretches where you can get into arrow pretty for a pretty long time and really get into a groove. But the hills, otherwise, you want to spin up in a light gear. And you can stand up at the very end, I think, at the top of the hill and to push yourself over, but I would do that sparingly. I would say seated for the most part. And make sure that your heart rate, if you're going on heart rate zone, make sure that heart rate is dropping. If you do get out of the saddle to push over the top, make sure that you're getting the heart rate down on the other side. Um, so I've got that gearing. I think I've got 2712 or 1227. They don't make that anymore. Now they do 1228. And I mean, I've raced this course twice and, and people will say to me like, it doesn't even look like you're doing anything. And guess what? It doesn't even feel like I'm doing anything. You want to get off that bike and feel like you've done nothing. Those are the legs you want and this is how you save them. So check your gearing. This is something that you could change at this point in the game and it, it, it wouldn't be something that would be to your demise. This would be really helpful for you. Um, so spin up these hills and you're going to see people huffing and puffing. One of the most underestimated parts of the course, I always say this, is when you're coming back from the first out and back and you take a right back onto 86 and you're heading towards Wilmington, there is a climb there and it is a big climb. It's notoriously um, no wind, super hot, and you're climbing. And it's long. It's longer than you think. It's because as you get up that first think. section, it's still a false flat all the way to the next hill. And then you're going up again. Yeah. So spin your heart out. Stick to your plan. Okay. All right. What else? And one more note. If it's a hotter day, go by the aid stations slowly or stop your bike to the right. Pour some water over your head and move on. It's just going to help so much down the road to have that cooler body temperature. So you finish the second lap and you come into transition the same way that you exited transition you're going to enter transition 
they're going to hand you're going to hand off your bike to a volunteer and you're going to run to get your runs your run transition bag so you run over to the rack you grab your bag you run into the changing tent get changed as, as quickly as possible again put sunscreen on there are bathrooms in the tents i, I know there's bathrooms in the men's tent i'm assuming there's bathrooms no there's not in, in the, the women's, women's tent it's there's outside. a there's a bait uh, a trough anyway for the men that's disgusting <laughs> That is absolutely the most disgusting thing. Anyway, let's get moving. So, um, so you exit the run, you get some sunscreen on, you've got everything that you're going to be bringing with you, and you head out of transition and you hang a quick right down, uh, down the hills. And and I highly recommend you take it easy down these hills. You're fast gonna, feet, fast feet and light. You're in a quick cadence. You're going to feel so much energy from the from the people lining the street it's packed slow going down here down but slow down because you've got two hills that are pretty steep and they are going to wreck your quads on that second loop if you go down too hard so if you're if you're planning on running an 830 mile i say take it down to 9 30 10 minutes i know that may mean that you need to walk a little bit but it's only going to save your legs for for the rest of the run take those two first the two first miles out of t2 painfully slow would you agree yeah it'll bring you down to the horse show uh the horse grounds is about two miles out and yeah you definitely want to take it super light and i tell this to all my athletes those first two miles hold yourself back you want to be a minute to two minutes slower than your race pace and what about aid stations here are they running aid stations are they walking aid stations what do you recommend so i First timers. I mean, first people timers, have done this before. They probably know their their gig, but first timers. Yeah, I would say walk every aid station you or would. walk every other aid station. Uh, it gives you a chance to let your body recover. It gives you a chance to bring in nutrition, even solid nutrition, uh, or as solid as it can be on the run. I highly recommend you you keep things to gels and and liquids on the run because your stomach doesn't like doesn't like the jostling up and down. So Keeping it, keeping simple fluids and food into the system is, is going to be beneficial. So walk, let's just say every other aid station and try to run through the other ones at a, at a light pace while taking on water, throwing it on your head, doing the things you need to do at each aid station. So every mile there's an aid station. Before you approach that aid station, get ready what you need to, to put down, salt tablets, gels, whatever you're carrying with you. Think about that before you approach the aid station. Don't wait till you get there. Yeah, so kind of get, what I do is like, if I'm taking salt or any kind of tabs, I get those in, or we've been using the gator lights, which are super intense, but really effective. Um, I get that in right before. So now all I have to do is get the liquid in to wash it down. Same thing with the gel. You need a lot of liquid to get the gel in. So you don't want to wait to get to the aid station to have the gel and then get all the water in. Um, and I love BJ's advice about walking every other aid station. That's what I do. Um, that's what I've done for my last three Ironmans is I walk the even numbers. And then what happens to me is usually around mile... 16, 18, um, you know, my body gets to a point where you guys, I mean, let's face it, you're going to get to a point where you're in pain, right? Again, it's your relationship to the pain. Are you going to feed it or not feed it, right? So if you don't know how to do that, you got to look back on some of our older podcasts because we give lots of tools on this. I get to a point where um, I just don't want to stop. I just want to keep going because you cross over this line where if you stop, you're so at risk of joining that death march, which is people walking. 
And if you're approaching the aid station and you don't know what you want, you're going to be in awe of everything that's there. You're going to be like, do I need pretzels? Do I need an orange? Do I need, think about what you need, or at least try to, try to, to narrow it down of what you need before you get to the aid station, because that's another time suck right there. And this is all about tuning into your body, you guys. So you're going to have your nutrition plan, right? But then there's a point where you're going to be like, I can't take another gel. I'm going to die if I take another gel. Feel into it, right? And so how do we do that? How do we get present with our bodies? Take a breath and feel the breath you're in. When you feel the breath you're in, you're present. And when you're present, you guys, you have this availability to understand your body. So this is what being a mindful triathlete is all about. This is the yogi triathlete way, you guys, racing from this high, high level of wisdom. And this is how you can get to the finish line with a lot less suffering than a lot of people are going to experience. And speaking to the, the being present, you know, I, I look back to my 2013 race, my first one here, and I was on the run, I was on the run course and I was feeling good at mile 10 and I checked in with myself. And if I had continued at that pace that I was running, I probably would have been fine. You know, I probably would have had a, a great run, but I was actually feeling really good. So I started to push it a little bit and I carried that through the rest of the race. So there are times when you just need to be really, well, actually all the time, just really be checking in with yourself. Is this a good pace I can hold? Can I hold this for the rest of the run? Things may change. That's the whole thing about Ironman. You can, things can change in an instant. You can be debilitated one moment and the next moment you're, you're back and you're actually clicking off miles. And you know, that just happened to me in Cozumel as well. And the bike, I was not doing well in the first, first loop, but you know what? I just stuck with it. And if you stick with it, things will change. And your perception changes, your your body gets on board, and you start moving forward, and anything can happen. Yeah, I think um, the biggest piece of advice, the most potent piece of advice that I could ever give is don't get ahead of yourself. Be in the breath you're in. Be in the pedal stroke. Be in the swim stroke. Be in the foot strike. Be exactly where you are. Because once you start getting into the future, this is where chaos can just blow up. I mean, you can start to visualize that finish line and you guys, it is amazing how far out on River Road you can hear Mike Riley yelling out, you are an Iron Man and people's names. I mean, it is amazing. And so pull from that energy because he is calling for you, right? So you can feel that inspiration, but you can also be in the moment and it's so so important especially on the first loop of the bike to think oh my god I have to do this again on the second loop of the bike oh my god I have to run a marathon none of this is helpful don't get ahead of yourself and understand that you are in the midst of the best day of your life so they're on their second loop of the run well let's go back to the first loop because you still have the hills to hit. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's go back. So these hills, when you enter town, you want to take it. You want to be consistent with your cadence going up the hill, but you don't want to be pushing it. You want to get your heart rate is going to get high. So you're going to run up that first hill. You're going to turn left. You're going to go up that hill. And these are just to uh, um, clarify. These are the hills that bring you back into town. These are super steep and they're continuous. You're, you've got three sections of hills. So even if that first one, 
you can accomplish that first one. You're going to take a left and it's still uphill. And then you're going to take a right and you're going to get a mirror leg drive. And that's still going uphill for a bit until you reach the tennis court. So it's not over when you get to the top of the big hill. And there'll be people cheering there on that hill. And they're insane. Yeah, if you can run, you guys, if you can run those hills, run those hills. Um, you'll have time to recover because once you get on Mirror Lake, once you hit that final hill and you get on Mirror Lake Drive, you're going to hit an aid station right away and maybe choose that one to walk. And it's the same strategy as biking. You want to keep quick cadence. And so you're going to shorten your stride a little bit and just relax your shoulders. It doesn't matter if it's almost a walk. Just keep that run because those fans are gonna go ballistic. Feel that because, and when you get down Mirror Lake Drive, there's your special needs bags. So grab what you need and discard what you don't need and then move on to that second lap. Now you're gonna go down that hill and you're gonna see the oval and you're gonna see people going to the right because that's where the finish is. You're gonna bang a left and go out for your second loop and do it all over again. And the amazing thing about the second loop, you guys, is every step you take, you don't, you don't ever, you don't ever have to take that step again. Like every step you take is now you're really, really getting close to the finish. And um, again, don't get ahead of yourself, but there is an excitement that starts. And um, but just keep it at bay because um, that finish line is waiting for you, and you don't want to blow it here. Again, a lot of depending on. What time you're coming in, there's going to be people walking. That's the death march. Um, try not to be a member. Yeah, don't get sucked in. See if you can move as much as possible. See move if you can forward. just keep picking up your feet and running. Because the sooner you get to the finish line, the sooner you're going to finish. Anyone can walk it. Just, it's all about the run. And you haven't even hit mile 18, and that's when the whole race starts. Yeah, mile 18 is where it begins, and that's on River Road. And you want to be, you want to be ready for it. And so getting back to nutrition, you may have started, or you may want to consider starting Coke, uh, on the race course at that point, because your body would definitely absorb that sugar. I've been starting to take it a little bit earlier because the later I take it, it affects me later, like when I'm in the finish area. So I've been taking it just after 13, 14 miles. I've started taking it. Um, possibly somebody wants to start taking it at mile 18. I know you do. I take it at mile 18, but once you start taking it, you got to continue to take it, especially if you're like BJ and I, that we are not soda drinkers. Um, this stuff is like crack. So at this point, mile 18, they're going to be close to the turnaround. Yes. So they're going to be out at river road and it's, it's a pretty flat or rolly stretch out there. And, and a lot of those volunteers are going to remember you from the first time. So interact with these volunteers, you guys, because they are just, they're so amazing. They're there to support you. And a lot of times they'll remember you and they'll be like, yeah, second loop. And I always, when I hit the turnaround, I always say like, I'm heading home, you know, at, I'm heading home. At that point, I think, I think <laughs> you only have like six miles to go when you hit that turnaround, roughly six miles. You're done with River Road, but you can start to hear Mike Riley's voice and oh, all the excitement of town. So you just, you're running towards this and you get back into town and you go up the hills you need to take that final right down Mirror Lake Drive for the final out and back. And you get to come back downhill, basically, from that turnaround. And you take that right into the oval. And you feel the excitement of people finishing. You hear Mike Riley's voice. You hear the crowd cheering. You just soak up that moment of running around the oval, step by step, to the finish line. Whether it's light out or dark, and the crowd is cheering, and you just sprint 
to the finish and cross the finish line. And you are what Mike Riley says. I guess I can't say it. Maybe I can. You're an Ironman. And the midnight finishers is the best part of this whole thing. And I say to everybody, I love to race, but I really like to get back at midnight, 10, 30, 11, and watch these people cross the line and cheer for them and be part of their experience. It's absolutely amazing. I, I don't know if I'm doing it justice by describing this. Maybe you can, but there's just something about it. And it really speaks to me as an athlete, as a coach, as a spiritual human being, that the flow and energy in those moments, I want to bottle that up and I want to live that moment every day. Yeah, and and what you're describing, BJ, is basically the birthplace of Yogi Triathlete because um, what I realized um, was that yoga, which the definition of that means union, and triathlon, what I found, especially when I got into the longer distances like Ironman, is that those two disciplines, those two practices brought me to the same place. That the connection that you feel, the oneness that you feel at an Ironman, and it starts from the moment when you're filing into the swim corrals, you guys, nobody cares what your political affiliation is. Nobody cares what the color of your skin is. Nobody cares if you're plant-based or a meat eater. Nobody cares. All they care about is you getting to the finish line. Everyone is there for you. And so my last piece of advice on that run is follow your nutrition to the finish. Hit those aid stations. And when you hit that turnaround on Mirror Lake Drive, and like BJ said, it's pretty much downhill, you're going to hear the crowds. They are going to be freaking out for you. And look into their eyes and listen to what they're saying and slap the hands of the little kids and get to the bottom of Mirror Lake Drive and take a right and hear how the cheers get louder and take a left and get into that oval and look up and see the legends of the oval and see that you are finishing an amazing day that is steeped in athletic performance and achievement and you're a part of it. And you're gonna hear your name being called and you're gonna hear the crowds getting louder and you're gonna turn that last corner and if it's dark out, you're gonna be blinded by the light and you're not even gonna care because you are on stage and it's all for you. And there's something about that oval, it's just something about that last like 45 seconds that just makes it all worth it. All the sacrifice, all the early morning wake-ups, all the exhaustion, all the pain of the day, all the holding back. And you think about you started at the swim and now you're finishing this amazing achievement and you realize in that moment that anything is possible. That's it. 
another installment of the YTP. We hope you found it to be helpful. And let me just say that if you're racing IMLP on July 24th, you're going to find out if your training and nutrition plan works. So if you find that you need tweaks, a complete overhaul, or you're just looking for another way, reach out to us. We can help you with your training and nutrition plan. If Ironman Lake Placid is your one and done for the season, we can help you stay fit and strong for next season. Reach out to us with any lingering questions or if you want to find out more about our coaching services for mind and body. Thanks again, everyone. Keep sharing this show with your friends and don't forget to leave that review. You only have a few weeks left in this month to get yourself hooked up with the best shades on the planet. In the meantime, Keep riding that freaking high vibe, and we will catch you next week with another episode of the YTP.